we don't want it to be limited to veterinary medicine. Yeah. That what we're looking to create, you know, we don't, we joke, we don't, well, we don't have time to dream small. So let's just change the world. I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. All right. So um, we're going to welcome to the podcast, Alyssa Mages. Is that right? It is. Rhymes with pages. Rhymes with pages. Um, Alyssa is the chief visionary officer, the CVO of EVT Empowering Veterinary Teams, where she oversees the content development, clinical skills training, and overall vision of the company. She co-founded EVT to provide training programs, materials, and coaching learning opportunities for veterinary practices, as well as content development and training directives for veterinary industry service providers. This is a really long bio. The EVT team consists of, <laughs> consists of veterinary professionals, industry leaders, and coaches. And we're going to stop there. 16 years. 16 yeah. years in the veterinary field. That's Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's you're great. Welcome. I'm, I'm glad you're finally here. Yeah. Yeah. You've been on the list for a long time. I'm just, I'm happy to be here. It's yeah. just, it's a, I'm excited to I have you. looking forward to it all week. We needed, I needed a bright light at the end of this particular time. Yeah. Y'all, the election just happened two days ago. So at time yes. of recording. Yes. Um, so tell me, what was your first job? My first job, um, a swim lesson instructor. Ah. Yeah. I was, uh, been a swimmer since I was 12 and, uh, that was just the first segue. So Saturday mornings, there we went four hours a, a really week. early Saturday mornings. About, yeah. Eight o'clock. I mean, it wasn't too bad. Swim practice was at five 30 anyway. So during the week, so it wasn't too bad. I did a swim, lot of fun. I think I did swim team for an entire week. Maybe. No, it <laughs> was too early for me and cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, oh, uh, uh, I, to clarify, I was a synchronized swimmer. So oh, that's cool. It was so much fun. Um, so I, I didn't do every early morning practice. It was really just a big competition season towards the end of the year to get extra, you mm -hmm. know, workouts in. So mm -hmm. our practice, our normal practices were in the afternoons. So. Um, so tell us about your career journey. It's a long one and it's a little bit of a convoluted path. I love them. They're supposed but to be convoluted. You know, I definitely didn't follow the the shortest distance as a straight line adage at all. I don't um, either. I'm so glad I didn't. Uh, I originally started off in marine biology. That was mm -hmm. my undergrad and uh, had a job lined up at the New England Aquarium because I went to URI and at the last minute was like, you know what? There's this really cool place in the Florida Keys. So I'm going to go there and um, headed down like two weeks after graduation and actually ended up meeting my husband there, which was not what I was looking for. He just kind of was like, Hey, I'm here and I'm not going away. So, okay. Um, five months after we met, we were engaged. So, oh wow. and, um, he was heading to grad school in Vancouver, which, uh, my aunt, uncle and cousins were all out there. Says, well, if you're going out there, then I'm coming. So it just worked out. It just worked out. Um, so in be before we headed out there, I, I did move back home and started volunteering at the vet hospital we took our cats to and was a kennel assistant, did the, the walks and the, the poop scooping and just was like, what's this? What's this? What's this? How can I do this? I want to learn all the things. And um, translated that when we moved out to British Columbia, that there was the island we lived on with my aunt and uncle. 
they had a small practice, but it was a mixed practice and mm -hmm. saw everything from cats, dogs, livestock, um, stranded seal pups and loons and geese. And it was amazing. Um, mm -hmm. Just really opened my eyes to, okay, this is, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Marine biology. How can I make these two things connect? So started volunteering at the Vancouver Aquarium and then we moved oh, downtown. It was awesome. Really so cool. I got to make the the supplements and the feed. I didn't, I wasn't a trainer. Um, mm -hmm. I was behind the scenes and was teaching kids and it was so much fun. And then started working at a referral practice there as an assistant on the overnights, which is when I finally started falling in love with coffee. <laughs> so that was what, 2005? Yeah. So this is a while ago and um, moved my way up into really into the surgical team. And that mm -hmm. was just heaven. If I could be in the OR, all day every day I was super happy and that takes uh, a certain personality oh well I'm, I'm slightly intense <laughs> sometimes that's a good thing um my, my husband's put up with me for 17 years so yeah. I'll, I'll let him speak to you at some point but yeah. uh, it was great and I had a fabulous um fabulous team to work with and a, and a mentor who was like you know you're really good at this I think you should think about vet school and I was like oh okay mm -hmm. um so I applied and got in which was awesome and the next week found out we were going to be parents. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Um, so I, could I have done both? Yes. Yeah. I literally, I could have. But uh, my mentor said, you know what? You aren't going to be done in vet med. This is just the first time. You don't get a first chance with your kids. Yeah. Choose your family. Mm -hmm. And it was a tough call at the time, but I needed that wake up call. Like, what are your real priorities? Yeah. And, you know, here we are 13 years later, it was a good idea. So um, turned that down and uh, kept going. My husband finished his graduate program and all right, the calendar was like, get out. <laughs> so um, I can't blame them. I really can't. So we thought we had jobs lined up in Florida. This was in 2008. Mm -hmm. Not a good time to move back. Home. Yeah. So those positions fell through. Uh, thankfully, I have very supportive parents and really like, come live with us. Which feels great, you know, moving mm -hmm. back into your parents. With We've done it a few times. Yeah. Um, but honestly, they're, they're incredible humans. They, mm -hmm. they are the reason I am who I am. And it was fantastic. You know, yeah. our, our daughter really has a super tight bond with them. And I was able, thankfully, vet med, they're like, hey, you can work anywhere. Mm -hmm. There was a it's hybrid. Really true. Yeah, really. It's fantastic. And because my husband, with all of his degrees now, couldn't get anything. <laughs> So he stayed home with the kid and I went to work at a, it was like a GP emergency kind of mm -hmm. hybrid model. Um, not for very long. Cause one of the doctors I worked with was like, Hey, I'm opening a practice in South Philly. I'd love for you to be the lead tech. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. Why not? Um, and at this point I was looking back into, okay, I need, I know what I'm doing and I'm really good at it. Not to toot my own horn, but I was getting pretty good, mm -hmm. but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like I have the biological background, but school, I need, I need more. Like mm -hmm. I need to understand it yeah. down to the, you know, microcosmic details. Cause that's how my brain works. Mine too. So went and helped my friend open her practice, which has exploded. It's a huge successful one now in, in Philadelphia and she's still an owning partner, but she moved to Europe and I miss her, but, um, went, started my, uh, degree at Manor college and mm -hmm. graduated in 2012 and passed the exam, national exam, CBT. Woohoo. Um, and I was at a GP. So I was mm -hmm. like, well, this is fantastic, but I'm, I'm not doing enough surgery. Yeah. I want to do more, you know, yeah. it's not a, the one surgeon I work with, you know, it's not a good day if you don't go home bloody too many connotations that we're just going to keep. Yes. Going. So, just leave it. 
And plus, you know, at the time, the, the school districts in Philadelphia weren't where they had evolved to now. Mm-hmm. So we made the decision to move out to the suburbs. And uh, I started at a large referral emergency practice um, in Norristown, Pennsylvania. And I was there from 2012 till this past June. So eight years um, at Metropolitan Veterinary Associates. And that's really where I grew into mm-hmm. who I am. So in between that, I've had six knee surgeries. Nice. So yeah, a match set though. So they're, they're reconstructed and I can, I can run little bits, but I do have a lovely disclaimer on my medical record. But that why says would you want to? I'm fit to run. But I love why, would, it. why would you want to? I know it hurts. <laughs> That's why I swim. Um, so I did unfortunately have to have a surgery in the middle of that. So I had to step off and out of active practice for nine months. And I did sales, which was not a good fit for me. Um, I learned a lot about what I was good at and what I wasn't. And that was a hard lesson because I I liked being good at things and I wasn't good at sales. And that was awful. (laughs) Um, So I got in touch with my advisor at Manor and they had an adjunct position open. I was like, yes. So I I, I, love it. Everything. It was so, it was so much fun, you know, I, and then that's when I really discovered, well, Hey, let's go back to my first job. I was a swim instructor Mm -hmm. and I was a swim coach throughout, um, my educational career and collegiate everything. Mm -hmm. And then I worked and I taught kids all the time. I was always teaching. Why did I get away from that? Yeah. So, um, I also went back to metropolitan as a CSR, which client services is wow. Hard. Um, and I really thought I understood and and respected those, those guys and gals that sit behind those desks and on the phones. And I did, but now I understand because I've sat there. Yeah. They're the heartbeat of the hospital that they're why we all have jobs. (laughs) They are like the, the face and the voice and Mm -hmm. thank you for taking the brunt of it. And Mm -hmm. okay, this is, this is hard. Um, so I was doing that while I was teaching and then they created a position at the hospital of education and development. Mm. And I was like, Oh, please, you've got to pick me, please, please, please. And they did. Um, and it was fantastic. So I did that. And then it just, I really needed to move to the next step and grow our training team and change things in the pandemic. hit. Mm -hmm. And I just had this huge vision of wanting to change everything and make it bigger and better and a positive impact. And there's only so much you can do within four walls. Yeah. And I, I, there's so many people in this incredible community of, of veterinary medicine that I wanted to be a part of their lives and make them recognize my, my catchphrase is you're not just anything. Yes. Oh, I love that. You're awesome. You know, that's really, you have to recognize who and what you are. So it was not a negative parting. It was just time to move on. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, yeah, this past June and we've done a soft launch of EBT in October doing Mm -hmm. content development projects kind of on the side and then transitioned to part-time in, in uh, the spring. And then I made the final call in the summer and it's just been this really fun journey since. Um, so you, so you've been in practices in like almost every facet then. A little bit. Yeah. I've done large animal. I've done exotics, um, done wildlife wow. rehab and lab animal was my externship when I was mm-hmm. uh, in school for a vet. Oh, wow. And so a CVT is a certified vet tech, right? Correct. Can you it's- just kind of talk about how that's different than, well, I know a different state's out to credentials, but you know, 
most people, because I explain like CPA versus EA versus like, you know, prepare, right? Right. right. So can you just kind of like, what's the hierarchy? Like kind of how does that work? Sure. Um, So really it's state dependent and Mm -hmm. uh, country dependent. If you're Mm -hmm. a registered veterinary technician, a licensed veterinary technician or a certified, and it's sometimes interchangeable with credential veterinary technician, they all mean the same thing that we've completed a two-year program at an ABMA approved accredited university Mm -hmm. for veterinary technology and we've passed the national exam. So just like human nurses, we have to sit for the boards and Mm -hmm. they're not easy. Yeah. So Um, you're, so basically you're vet nurses. We are. And and that's a, and I got to be careful there because that's a a big bone of contention right now. Yes, I know. Yeah. And I know you did. (laughs) I know. I pay attention to all of those things. Uh, It's funny. I see both sides of it, Mm -hmm. right? Because as technicians, um, we, with that title, Mm -hmm. it conveys that we do more than say in the human realm, you're a nurse, but you're in radiology or you're in phlebotomy, you're in the OR, you're in NICU, Mm -hmm. you're set in your department, whereas Mm -hmm. vet techs do all of that. Mm -hmm. But then on the flip side, if you look at the definition and, you know, the negative connotations, which there shouldn't be, but Mm -hmm. there are, of a technician that they aren't as qualified, right? Right. It's a lesser credential position, Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. Um, but there's that. So, so there's kind of like associate veterinarian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's what we, we do, what we can't do, right. Yeah. We can't diagnose, we can't prognose, we can't prescribe and mm-hmm. we cannot do surgery. Yeah. Those are the four limitations, which similar. are significant. And to be perfectly honest, as I've gone through my career and you know, that, that tempting of being a doctor, it, it wouldn't have been a good fit for me because mm-hmm. I'm such a hands-on need to be a part of the, the experience with my patients, but also with their, their families, yeah. you know, and you have to have some, a bit more removal as a doctor mm-hmm. and that would have been hard for me. Um, so I like being in a, in a leadership mentor type position, but doctors, you guys go ahead and have that. That's, that's, I will support you as much as I can. Um, but you are doing what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, so you can it. go further with your CBTs and things. You can get your specialty, uh, veterinary technician specialty in all of the ologies, right? In so, all the ologies. Yeah, but in critical care, in internal medicine, dentistry, you know, anesthesia, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a surgery one too, right? I think I talked to somebody the other day. I think I talked to somebody the other day that was a surgery. Yes. Yeah. And they're adding new ones all the time. There's behavior, feline practitioners, you know, there's, there's all these different colleges within veterinary medicine that they are branching into. It's amazing. And I love this expansion, you know, know, for a long time, it was just LGP and then just like your specialists, right? Right. There's just like all these like different things now that, you know, are great places to be, you know, for all different kinds of personalities as well, too, right? There's so many options. And that's another part of it, too, is that when you get your licensure, you're not limited to Mm -hmm. being in practice, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's another part of why I love doing what I do. It's like, realize that you're an artist, you are uh, MacGyver, which I said that to a group of of students the other day, and and they're like, who? I was like, oh. I mean, I guess Inspector I could, Gadget. Do they know who Inspector Gadget is? I, I could have done that, but I mean, he didn't really invent things out of nothing, you know. Right. So, um, I've got to, I've got to find a, a much more <laughs> generational reference. I'll, I'll think on it. Um, maybe Doctor Who, if they're into that genre. But I mean, I'm always going to go back to the, the classic Doctor. Anyway, mm-hmm. 
Um, but just to, to give different options, right? Like, so in your world, there's not just one thing that a CPA can do. You're not limited by your mm -hmm. acronym. Like, no, and it's amazing. And again, and so we were kind of talking about this before we kind of like officially started rolling, but there's a lot of parallels between the accounting industry and the veterinary industry. And I think probably other industries, but it's this kind of jack of all trades. Just because I'm on this doesn't mean I'm a that kind of yeah. thing. Um, you know, people are always like, well, you're a CPA, so you're really good at math. Mm, no, I can do plus and minus and divide and times really well. Yeah, but, but don't make me do algorithms and... What I can do and what I do understand is beans and piles, right? So if I have an increase here, I have to have a decrease somewhere else, right? So it's the balance of the debits and credits. Yeah. That's, it's almost spatial reasoning that you kind of have to have to like see, like if one account goes up, then something else had to go down, but where the, like, where are the pieces, like what's, right. what's the most likely Right there is exactly how you go about when you're working with a difficult or critical patient. Okay, mm -hmm. okay, this went up, so something else went down. This is working. This isn't. What do I troubleshoot? How do I make this even out? Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's a very analytical approach, and that's really why I got into it. it yes, I love animals. Always have had a, mm -hmm. a pet of some sort of furry, scaly creature in my house at all times. Uh -huh. um, but I love medicine. Mm -hmm. Human blood makes me nauseous. So. I also love medicine. And I think because it's that like almost analytical, but also it's just, it's really similar <laughs> to accounting. I feel like, like in the analytical and like that, if this is a problem, how do we find a solution? Like this is our goal. Like it's all very similar to me because this is how I work. That's not how probably most accountants brands work. Mine's different. Well, I do know that, but it's, it's okay. You it's have to be special though. in your niche. Accounting, <laughs> you know, accounting's fun if you do the fun stuff, I always say. Right. <laughs> right. And, and so like medicine is probably fun if you're doing the fun stuff. You're doing the fun uh, stuff for you. Nobody likes squeezing anal glands. We're just going to put that out there. It's satisfying, but it smells so bad. Um, but you have to take the bad to appreciate the mm -hmm. good, you know, and it's really what that comes down to for me is making sure that people can see that is mm -hmm. taking like going back to when I would teach dentistry, if you're doing the x-rays, mm -hmm. you know, if you only take it from this angle, you only see how many roots right. Two. Now you see three. <laughs> so you have to make sure that you check from all angles and understand those different perspectives. Yeah. And that's why empowering veterinary teams is there because I can't do everything. I, mm. I mean, I can, but yes. I shouldn't, you know, uh, it's putting myself at risk or my patient and mm. it's not doing the practice of service if we aren't utilizing all of our members for their strengths that they possess. That's so awesome. it's really making sure that all perspectives and voices are heard and utilized and yeah. empowered. So let's talk about the business. Let's talk about empowering Thank veterinary you. teams. Um, Tell us about like what you guys do and your programs that you're spinning Absolutely. up. Um, well, you have to go back a little bit to the beginning because the story of how we, we started is really kind of what fuels us. Mm -hmm. So Caitlin Keat is my business partner and we've been friends for 18 years. So we shouldn't have met. And it's kind of like one of those things like it just was meant to be. So we were heading to our semester abroad um, and we did semester at sea. So we were on a, a ship for a hundred days and went around mm -hmm. the world, which was amazing. And to be clear, I just paid that off a few years ago. So 
it, <laughs> but it was worth every penny. Yeah. Um, and she ended up, um, her parents had like flight miles and they used those to send her and they were on a different plane. So she was across the aisle for me and my parents. And my mom is that type of mom. that's like, Oh my gosh, you're all by yourself. You're our family now. So, um, she's just Caitlin and I were like, hi. <laughs> um, and it turned out we actually ended up after the trip moving from where um, I had grown up to her hometown. So it was just bizarre. Um, and we were friends on the ship, but we didn't see each other all that much until we went to India and we ended up on the same extra journey. And I'm grateful every day for this. I got to sit with her on the steps of the Taj Mahal as the sunset. Really cool. And we just really, we talked about everything of like, okay, we're here. Oh my God, we're here. And like you're looking around you and the, the dichotomy that's surrounding you between mm. the different individuals and the, the, you know, opulence and the poverty. It's just mm. like all of this, like it's a country of contradictions as they, they, they told us that, but we mm. saw it, we felt it. And that's really cool. That's where our friendship and our relationship started. And we never lost touch. That's she so was cool. the MC at our wedding. Um, our, our kids are, they're a little bit age difference, but they're super tight. And our, our husbands have uh, the same beer club. So, you know, there's that. Um, and it really culminated in, I, at one of the, our, our family parties, uh, three years ago, four years ago. And I just I had a little bit of a, a breakdown. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm mm -hmm. missing too much. And there's so much more I want to do. How can we do this? What do we do? And she's mm -hmm. like, I'm, so, I'm there. Mm -hmm. So she, you know, we had that conversation of fixing each other, you know, emotionally and then mentally it's like, all right, what can we do? Yeah. She's an engineer by trade oh, and wow. program manager at Lockheed Martin. Uh -huh. So she is the herder of my cats and <laughs> she keeps I get the it. running, you know, she is so analytically, you'd love her, mm -hmm. um, analytically savvy, the spreadsheet queen mm -hmm. and keeps all of the reports, the numbers in order and takes my vision and says, okay, let's make this approachable and tangible and achievable. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. yes. Um, so that's where she comes into it. And it's mm -hmm. just, we have the synergy that's just, it's almost magical. And it's, it's dreamer and doer. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I literally that. just said the other day, I need somebody to take all the stuff, all these ideas and stuff I have in my head and go do them. Yes. <laughs> so she can't do the veterinary things, but she can, she does the writing and the editing and yeah. the keeping it together and the cohesiveness. She's what makes us work. Mm -hmm. Um, so my vision and her savvy is what EVT is really coming to, to mean. And like you were saying about the crossover in industry, mm -hmm. what we're doing and what our, and I'll, I, I promise I'll actually answer no, your question, um, is it's not, we don't want it to be limited to veterinary medicine. Yeah. That what we're looking to create, you know, we don't, we joke, we don't, well, we don't have time to dream small. So let's just change the world. Yeah. Let's just do it everybody um, and that's where our, our our motto came from inspire instruct impact mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. because we're stronger together and the veterinary community humanity as a whole is mm -hmm. so what we are looking to do is we have like a three-tracked business model where we work within the practices to identify existing leaders mm -hmm. and give them the tools and the skills to then train the rest of their team mm -hmm. Um, alongside of that, we create training programs based upon the process instead of taking the onus off the individual and saying, oh, you're a beginner, you're intermediate, you're advanced. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just no. Mm -hmm. They're learning, they're developing, and they're mastering their skills. Mm -hmm. It's a very different conversation when you change it to that vernacular. Mm -hmm. 
So we create that program based upon that from orientation to continued growth and development of existing team members. And that's, that's customizable. Awesome. Um, so webinars, workshops, and things of that regard. We're working with a couple of vet tech programs um, here and up in Vancouver. I'm kept in touch with my friends up there, which is super fun. Um, and doing prototypes of vascular models. These guys behind me are working. They're working stuffies. So mm-hmm. um, I just finished our CPR model here. So what I'd love to eventually do is, no, I'm not going to patent it. No, I'm going to teach you how to make it yourselves. Yeah. And all of the things that are inside that training mannequin, you can have from the hospital that you were going to throw out anyway. So yay, eco-friendly. Um, so educational models and things, didactic learning materials. And then with the, within the industrial sector, we've all sat through Lunch and Learns and CE events where it's, right? That like, spoons, uh, where's the food? <laughs> and, I even, and I never even really worked in big industry and I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you did. You actually, I totally get it. Um, So really changing the the mood Mm -hmm. and making sure that we're hitting those visual, auditory, read, write, and kinesthetic learners, that we get all of that and making sure that it's relevant and accessible and it's speaking to the industry in an appropriate way. So Mm -hmm. all of those combined is what we're looking to do. And Mm -hmm. really, um, it's not limited to that. We work with a bunch of incredible groups with um, incentive, life coaching, Get Motivated is another well-being. And they were writing a a playbook together, which we're kind of peppering social media with, hey, it's coming. Um, And just any way and we can work with anyone Mm -hmm. to have be the mirror for them and within their industry, within our industry to Mm -hmm. say, you are enough. Yeah. You just need to see it. Yeah. And that's what we're here for that's awesome. because it's, you can't take the, the, the skills training and the mental well-being and do them separately. They are so intertwined because if your skill set is lacking, then your mental health suffers. If your mental health is needing support, then your clinical application and aptitude isn't going to be up to where you need it to be. So yeah. it's the cycle that we're looking to break the norm and give them more. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love how you're hitting like all the different types of learners. Thanks. Um, and because I, I think credit for that, that is that Vark model is Neil Fleming out of New Zealand, yeah. but we work with them. We're, we, we, so we can customize the packages for our yeah. clients and think, he's just a brilliant guy. I think the focus on, you know, how different brains work, you know, and really kind of that change in a lot of our, you know, we you know, we all, you know, we all kind of, you know, we get to talk about mental illness and we get to talk about ADHD, which I was just diagnosed with a year ago. And like my brain works differently. Mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I've had to compensate, right. Or I've had to learn in different ways or make something Absolutely. work for me. Right. Yeah. But now we have the ability to hit all those different types of learners, you know, in the way we that should. we teach. And I, and I think that's, what's missing from a lot of the conversations within, mm-hmm. you know, training modalities and within practices. And we don't have time for that right now when the, but the budget doesn't fit it, but it will save you time and money. Yes. In the long run. run. Um, and I think, you know, especially, um, you know, when we're dealing with, you know, what's going on right now with the pandemic, you know, Mm. people are probably different learners now than they would be, or they were six months ago. Yeah. You've had to adapt. Like I didn't realize I, I had anxiety until I found out the hard way, you know, it was manifesting (laughs) and I was just angry all the time. Yeah. Angry. What is going up? Oh, 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you own that and you take the steps to address it. Like you were saying that you were doing, and yeah. it, you have to adapt and you have to change. And that's really the only constant we have. Right. So um, let's talk about, especially, I mean, I know like 
the industry is changing and it's even more rapidly changed in the last six months. So talk about what you guys are seeing there and how, you know, you're helping, helping clinics adapt. Absolutely. So what we're looking at doing and is taking all of what we were planning to do is live trainings Mm -hmm. and modifying them to a webinar setting. Mm -hmm. And can it be a live webinar? Absolutely. And then we record it. And that's part of what they, the package includes is you have that for future references. Mm -hmm. So we've really shifted our active in-person model to a digital platform. Um, we are starting to integrate back into practices. I'm actually going to one in two weeks to do a CPR training. Um, so we are slowly working our way back into that sector, but also just, um, we are finding that those authentic and genuine conversations, like the really present being mindful with what we're saying, Mm -hmm. how we're saying it and recognizing when it's time to be quiet and just listen. Yeah. And networking with a truly amazing group of people. Um, mm-hmm. There's more and more that I'm, I'm, I'm meeting and just mm-hmm. by like, hey, I read your post and it really resonated with me and I wrote something really similar. Let's just have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. And it's happening. Yeah. The, 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 the formal mentality of like, we're going to keep in our practice. We're going to do our way. We're, mm-hmm. we're stuck mm-hmm. is, is going away. Yeah. I love and, that. And I love that too. I love yeah. that part about this whole thing. <laughs> it's kind of awesome that I'm having conversations with, with you in Colorado yes. and you know, with people in Vancouver and yeah. folks down in Florida and everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, actually out in Surrey in the UK, you know, wow. just, it's incredible because we are all recognizing that the time for filtering and containing and hiding mm-hmm. problems has not worked Mm-mm. ever. And it's certainly detrimental now and it needs to change. Yeah. So that has been, I think what I'm seeing is the most prevalent trend is these open, honest and authentic Mm -hmm. showing up. Yeah. And I'm so excited to be part of it. (laughs) No, that's so fun. And I think, you know, and I think that, you know, the whole, like a world has opened for a lot of people in this, right? Like as much as, you know, being on Zoom all day really is hard. I did this, I did it literally all day yesterday and I've just been like a zombie today Um, because I can, I really, my brain really only has so much capacity for this. Um, But I got to talk to so many cool people yesterday. Like, right, I had just a bunch of different meetings. I had a client meeting, a potential client meeting. I had, you know, some other people I was connecting with, a marketing person, like, every time we hop on, it's just like, it's so good to see you, you know, like, because we get to like connect with people. I know it's not the same. I'm a hugger. Oh my gosh. And so this lack of like (laughs) human contact, that's not my family (laughs) is really hard for me because I'm a hugger. Have you done the virtual hug? No, there's a virtual hug option. Ready? We're going to do it together. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. You're going to take your right hand. Okay. Put it under your left armpit. And take your left hand and put it on your right tricep, tuck your chin, and squeeze. Does that feel like I gave you a hug? Mostly. Yeah, I mean it's not as I know, but it's 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 a little bit different than just kind of doing the cross arm one. It's yeah. like you're in there. Hmm. Uh, my friend Sonia taught me that, and it's just sometimes when when I'm talking with her or someone else, I'm just like, I need to just do this, and it. <laughs> It gives you that, at least, I know it's me giving myself a hug, but I'm just going to yeah. close my eyes and, and pretend. pretend. Yeah. Um, I saw, I dropped something off at a friend's the other day and she's like, I was really excited you're coming until I realized I can't hug you. And I really needed a Jamie hug. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm just saving up all this superpower for right now. Right. Oh my, can you up. imagine? 
when we all start hugging again, what that's going to do, like the collective universal hug energy. Oh, <laughs> there's not some shooting stars. And, uh, there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah. um, so can we kind of, so I want to talk about, you know, the industry adapting. And so you've said, you know, really kind of practices are getting out of their own heads and out of their own yeah. insulary or even local. Are you, are you, are you seeing them adapt things faster? You know, like adopting technology faster, adopting. If they're not adopting it, they're open at least to the conversation of it. And they are, you know, it's much easier to have that type of, Hey, have you considered this? Mm -hmm. um, and again, branching away from, well, this is what we've always done. Just because you always have doesn't mean you should, um, has always been one of my lovely phrases and <laughs> Did away from that, you know, just, um, mine's and, always like, and right, yes, exactly. Your point. Your point so, is um, what <laughs> how, I actually, and how's that been working out for you so far? Cause, um, your turnover rate and your employee, like yeah. sick days and like all the call outs and things, it's not, it's not working. So, um, I think this is brought into stark reality, what hasn't been working. And so, all right, well then we need to change things yeah. have got to give. We have to have a social worker on site. We have to have, um, more adaptable products. Like there's this great, uh, company we're starting to work with that has laser therapy, but it's at home. Oh, right. So instead of being stuck in like having to go to the clinic and have that huge machine sitting in the corner, it's, it's nope. You prescribe it as the doctor and then they use it at home. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm working with all of my practices. I'm like online pharmacy. Yes. Spin it up. <laughs> It's uh, pictures, pictures for follow-ups, yes. spin uh, it up <laughs> and, and do like do video chats because I can't even tell you how often in the ER when we'd have our, you know, our receptionist or like, we have luckily emergency admins that would take the calls that are our nurses, mm -hmm. like email us a picture or email us a video. If it's a seizure, like send us this photographic stuff. And especially now, mm -hmm. But awesome. then you have it in the record, right? So you right. have that in perpetuity for like, hey. Right. And nobody has to leave their house, right? Or like people are already stressed enough. You Absolutely. know, dog is having seizures or your animal's having seizures. You can just take a video, send it over. They can tell you what the next steps are. Right. I mean, I'm always going to recommend that if it's the first seizure or if it's been a certain amount of time, go to yeah. the ER. Well, uh, right. But at least you have that documentation. And I mean, my cat will eviscerate you. She's awful. So if I don't have to take her in, you're, you're welcome because she's so bad. Um, but yeah. it's absolutely um, the telemedicine has been huge. The, you know, the lack of paper records and using digital uh, platforms are fantastic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just different ways of doing things. You know, mm -hmm. AI is coming. It, it's here. Well, and the cool thing about some of the vet, you know, some of those, you know, those telemed platforms and stuff is you can have your text do that. It doesn't have to be the doc. Right. Right. Like you can yeah. really leverage your staff skills that. and their expertise yeah. to, to do some of this stuff. Right. And if they have a question, they just have a question, but at least it's not the pet parent and the pet sitting there and you're sending in the vet, you know, you're sending in the texts when really they thought they were seeing the doc, like you can really have the text do the work and learn and get the skills. It's it's um, a win, win, win. Yeah. So right there, just so much. You know, it's a huge, would be a huge change for the industry. You know, and I, and I know that some practices have been doing this, right? Oh yeah, a lot have. A but lot. the practices that have spun up this stuff, you know, in this time, 
are going to be better on the front end. Like I keep saying at the end of this, it's going to be, you know, you're going to have processes and systems and efficiencies. Absolutely. And, and then you can save that people. person time for those that really need it, you yeah. know, and you can, it's another way of triaging, which is a critical skill. That's really cool. I just think it's cool because I just know, you know, as, you know, as somebody who spends a lot of time paying attention to the industry that, you know, techs really are underutilized and there isn't a whole lot of job satisfaction in those a lot of the time, but if they can be utilized in a way that is helping the hospital and they're, you know, they get some more job satisfaction, that's huge. And you said it perfectly to leverage them, right? To get them up and realize what you are doing is so impactful. Yeah. And you are an integral part of this team. Don't you dare tell me you're just an assistant. No, if you're not holding that animal appropriately, then I'm getting bitten, you're getting scratched and the needle is not going where it's supposed to. So that is an absolutely essential skill. Yeah, and I just love it. You are doing laundry and I know you're cleaning. I've done it. And if it's my patient, I'm absolutely going to be back in there. I'm talking like I'm still in practice. I, <laughs> it's still there. You can, you are in your brain. That's okay. In my brain. Right. So you're not the only crazy one here. Uh, so, but really it comes down to exactly that leverage your skills. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's the difference too, between mentorship and sponsorship. Mm-hmm. So you can have an incredible or a detrimental mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, those are absolutely the, the good ones. <laughs> are necessary. Um, mm-hmm. and to, to have one and to be one, I've been in both roles and it's really a humbling experience, but oh, you also God. need to be their voice when they're not in the room. Mm-hmm. And that advocacy and that sponsorship is something that is the next step, mm-hmm. right? So it's, you, you transition and maintain that mentor role, but then also be their sponsor and advocate mm-hmm. while they're not there. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I mentor some, some, some accounting people. Um, and I'm always just like, it's there. They teach me stuff all the time. Oh my God. Yeah. Like how, what do our kids teach us? Right. Uh-huh. Patience. They teach us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Maybe I need to hang out with your kids. I need a little bit more. <laughs> um, my daughter, my mini me. I have one of those too. It's patience. Oh. Yes. It's all right. Um, it's, it's recognizing this isn't, I'm going to remove myself from this situation is what I need to do right now. So <laughs> I do that too. I'm like, I'm leaving now. Yeah. Mom time. I'll, I'll be back. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so let's go final question. Oh, actually, uh, before I ask my last question, what is the easiest way for people to find you? The easiest way, um, head to our website. It's empowering veterinary mm-hmm. Um, you can send an email, you can sign up for our weekly blog letter. It's, we are not going to pepper you. It's honestly, we do a Friday posting every week, just our thoughts on it. Okay. Uh, we are on all social platforms and Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, which I, I, I tweet on occasion I tweet and today. LinkedIn. Yeah. So if you Google us, you'll find us. We're, okay, we're awesome. all of And we'll drop everything we can find in the. Cool. I appreciate it. Yeah, we love hearing from people. Marks. Um, we are definitely interactive. So you send us a message, you'll hear from us and it's likely going to be, be me or one of my other, uh, direct teammates. That's awesome. Um, so what is, what would you say is the number one skill that all the, uh, part of staff need to be developing every day? Communication. Um, and I don't mean that so blase, you know, yeah. and, and blandly, um, it, it's really multifaceted. Mm-hmm. You have your interpersonal, you have your intrapersonal, you know, your client interface interactions, how you talk to the doctors, how you talk to the assistants, how you talk to one another, mm-hmm. and how you communicate all of that 
when you get home <laughs> and your inner dialogue, right? Yeah. And it's recognizing, are you in a defensive mood? Are you in a um, controlling place? Are you, you just combative today? Okay. You're having a moment. And you know, I definitely did not subscribe to the good vibes only. Yeah. No, that's, mm -hmm. that's not, Un, that's unfair. That's toxic, un, you know, happiness, which I, I think you and I both know Josh Weisman. So yeah, um, I'm doing happy. I love that. I mean, he's so right because mm -hmm. you're not always going to have happy. So how do you communicate that effectively and appropriately? Mm -hmm. And also making sure that you're telling yourself the right things and your negative self-talk it, it's, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm my own worst critic. Aren't we all? Yes. So yes, communication just but mm -hmm. because it's so leveled and so vastly important for how we connect and continue to move onwards. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Oh, thank you. I've had a blast. Awesome. <laughs> Yay. That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah, no, any, I, I love hanging out with you and yeah. keep doing all the great work that you're doing. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant.